Oh, by the way, welcome to Alchemy Answers. Let's do the intro. Episode 77. Yeah, welcome. Where we take questions from patrons, from our gracious patrons, and we answer them to the best of our ability, which is usually not to a very high degree, but, you know, we try. You know, if you ask our YouTube comments, you answer them well, and I'm just kind of window dressing here, just sitting here, leeching off. Is that true? Yeah, there's... there's always like three to five comments in our videos. Now it's like, if it's elevated, I immediately turn off the video. <laughs> but we do we do every video together. I don't understand. I know. How does I feel like that's that, that I've I haven't read a comment like that in in months. Well, Donna, you just gravitate towards negativity. I do. Know? I, I look just... at it. I I can't get it out of my head. It's just right there, and I say, you know what. You're probably a 1K MMR pudge picker that's saying that to me. It's probably true. And somehow you're still bothering me with your opinion. I feel like, uh, you know, most people who are making some negative comments on the internet, a lot of us want to make negative comments. You know, you look at somebody, you don't like them. Somebody says something you don't like. You want to do it, but you don't do it because you're reasonable. You're not a 1K MMR pudge picker. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it takes a certain kind of per- person to write it down into text in a YouTube true. comment. True, true. The really hateful stuff. The the constructive criticism, that's good shit. That's that's more, you know, that's a totally different thing. Yeah. That's a totally different thing. Like, because the, to do constructive criticism is like, that takes like guts. You know what I mean? That takes like caring about something. And, you know, it's like that like takes putting like your good, feelings out there to some extent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That takes like positive, very positive uh, elements to somebody but just like viscerally you know seeking catharsis on the internet whether it's on 4chan or youtube or reddit or wherever the fuck you're posting your comments it's not good it's not good man i've been there i've been there in life and it's it's never it's never going good um anyway let's get into the questions Kanan says a question specifically about mentality and how to abuse the comparisons you make between dota and poker in your experience, how much value is it to simply piss off your enemy to the point where they play like shit? Personal example is me feeling like being a prick, so I pick Bounty Hunter, get a lot of move speed, hit someone with Janata off cooldown, uh, which I follow up with all chatting yoink every single time throughout the game. I have about a 90 to 95% win rate with it across 40 to 50 games, uh, mostly an ancient unranked. All right, well, number one, I'm going to say it's unranked. So That's pretty hilarious. Yeah means diddly squat in unranked i believe me i've been playing unranked i've been playing late night unranked at like 5 a.m to 7 8 a.m with like a, f- a few friends new sham valathor some of those guys and good lord it is not even dota like i'm pretty sure we have a 95 percent win rate and i'm pudge most of the time and that's literally the worst hero on dota so just saying uh that doesn't say that doesn't you know tell me that you're necessarily a bad bounty hunter or anything like that i'm, I'm sure you're fine but i legitimately think if you're having fun playing a hero and you're doing shit that's annoying, that's the way to win at Dota. Like, yeah. anytime there's somebody in... I said this. I'm going to just publicly say this. Uh, I was having a conversation with Henry, and we were talking about who is the best player on the four Zoomers team. The team mm-hmm. with Sammy Boy, Ocean, yada yada, those guys. Husky Monkeys. Uh, yeah. yeah, they they just be uh crazy today i think mm-hmm. um which good for them very good team the, they haven't really been playing like real teams until now so they finally like basically proven themselves 
And I said to him, I said, dude, I think Monkeys Forever is insanely good. And the reason that I know that that guy is the best player on that team, nothing against the other players, is because of how annoying people find him. People fucking hate him. They hate him in pubs. You know why? Because he picks weird shit. He does weird stuff. He's annoying. He doesn't, people don't agree with his way of playing Dota. But guess what? He's annoying and he's ranked 10. So what he's doing is working and it's unprecedented. It's new. And so I think that's a big part of what, of what's, uh, what carries that team is that they have, uh, they have a few players that are that are have been like that at a given point, but I think Monkeys is currently the best player on that team just because you don't know what the fuck you're dealing with when you play against them. Mm-hmm. He could be mid brood, he could be off lane death prophet. What what in God's name is that? He could be dazzle, he could be Batrider cutting the waves for 15 minutes straight, <laughs> feeding into your fountain. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Feel the same way about Envy. Like people hate him, right? Love him or hate him, he does unprecedented weird shit, and that's what I think wins Dota. I really think that if you're being an annoying piece of shit and people hate you, from all of my experience playing competitively and playing in high MMR pubs, I can tell you those people are the ones that gain MMR. Those people are the ones that do something. It's not the people that are copying and doing standard shit. It's the people that are breaking the mold and just being, dare I say, cunts. <laughs> like the, 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 the people that are hated, they're the best. Yeah, I mean, if if you want to actually, you you asked about poker in this question because Jenkins was using poker analogies in his video, and as somebody who's played a lot of poker, I can tell you that the people where you just like you can you can usually pick out a fish pretty easily. Fish being a bad player, and they're very unpredictable at times. They'll show up with like some absolute garbage hand. They'll call you down with like nothing, and then you know hit some random draw that shouldn't even have gotten there but you can usually expect them to do stupid shit and then you just like tighten your range of hands that you're playing a little bit and then you just feed you just print money from them but when you're playing against people who have like a kind of seemingly wild style where you're just like are they bluffing here they'd always seem to have the best hand when i call them like you know that's the stuff where you you literally almost want to just leave the table because you get into hands with them and you're just like, I have no fucking idea what's going on. Like, do I call here or do I bet? I prefer to just not play hands with this person. And so sometimes legitimately you just like, you just try to avoid people like that. But in Dota, you're stuck in a game with them. So I, I completely agree that pissing people off is one of the best ways to gain MMR. I've been getting reported a lot over the last couple of days playing this co-op my team will lose the early game and I'll literally just be at their tier threes cutting waves for 20 minutes. And then my alchemist will suddenly come online 35 minutes into the game. Quop's very good at doing that. Actually. That's yeah. a, one of the better heroes. So, so hard to catch, not exactly the greatest at clearing waves, but just impossible to catch because yep. you're just blinking through the trees. They know you're there. You know, you're there, you know, they're looking for you, but they're never going to find you. Yep. All right. Next question. Uh, we have, JTL, uh, new player here, calibrated at 2.7k, but feels absolutely undeserving. Well, c- congrats if you if you're brand new and you calibrated 2.7k. I'd say that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, for being totally new. Uh, I mainly play position five as I'm not confident in any other roles due to my lack of map knowledge. 
what do you do when you are severely underleveled due to uh, opposing support, contesting your pulls, and active avoidance of taking XP from your carry? Uh, spend a lot of the mid-game just near your cores who are farming and counter-gank when the other team goes on them. Just leech experience during the mid-game. <laughs> and uh, if they're not pushing waves out, then I think that we're kind of in a meta where a lot of the time supports should be the ones taking dangerous farm. Like, I've been seeing Crit do this a lot in EG's games where he's just, like, position for Marana, and he's just shoving waves. He'll just, like, shove waves for 10 minutes and come out with full greaves at, like, 18 minutes into the game. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good. That's something Ellie just recently, like, implemented into her play is, like, taking taking like dead lane farm mm -hmm. and she said she said it's like a it's like a world of difference yeah there's there's always a place to farm on the map that's the thing is uh my my like initial gut response to this i'm glad you mentioned it because this like was my gut response uh as well of if you need to catch up there's somewhere on the map that you can go that you can catch up because of your cores being strong you know like there's going to be some lane that nobody else really wants to go into but as a support you don't really care that much if they kill you and so all that it takes in my opinion is identifying that you've done a good job you've given your core xp and if the enemy supports contesting your pulls and you did everything you can do uh all that's life sometimes sometimes they have a really good hero at doing that and you're distracting the pause for so your carry can farm so that's good play you played well but you're going to be useless if you're just a level four shadow shaman running around at 12, 13 minutes or whatever, whatever hero you are, whatever timing it is. There's a, there's a period you have to take some space for yourself yeah. and just get to some crucial level, uh, get to some item. Maybe like you don't have boots. Maybe you need to farm boots. Maybe you get tranquils. Maybe you just farm a bit so you can afford wards and sentries, but just go to the dead lane, go to wherever is the most deadly place on the map and start nuking out the wave. That's it's 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 as simple as that. There's going to be somewhere that you can do that, and some way you can do it safely. If you need to buy a 150 gold quelling blade in order to do it, do it. That's fine. That's worth it. Yeah, yeah. that's worth it. Clarities, uh, whatever you need to do that, just do it. I want to answer this question from chat really quick, uh, which is from Project Reunion. He says, "I played position five and climbed from legend three to ancient four, and now it's win loss, win loss, win loss for a few days. Should I switch to position four? Help me. Why?" Why would you switch roles if you've had a lot of success doing one and for three days now or a few days, you're suddenly not having as much success as you used to have this, this attitude. I'm, I'm not trying to like call you out specifically, but I, I want to call it this attitude of being like trying to make some drastic change by switching roles or like playing entirely different heroes. It's usually not the answer. Most of the time, it's going to make you lose a lot of MMR, go on a huge losing streak. You know, like, this this happens all the time. I'll play three heroes that I really like, and then all of a sudden, I'll start losing on them. And I also will start thinking, all right, I'm just going to pick something else. Or I'm going to, you know, play carry, something like that. And pretty much without fail, that always results in a losing streak. And so now... One of the biggest things that's helped me gain MMR in the last few months or the last month has been recognizing when I'm starting to feel like, I don't know, there's like this weird almost like uh, fear of picking these heroes that you think that you're good at because you've had success with them in the past. So you're like, oh, I'm good at this hero. 
and then you start losing on the hero and you're like, uh-oh, wait, am I actually good at the hero? Maybe I should pick something else because you don't want to actually be bad at this hero that you like, that you've had, had success on. And the fact of the matter is if you're just not confident, you should probably not play the game because you have to be confident to win. Yeah, uh, there's also the just the element of the way that I've seen people like gain and lose MMR in Dota. It's always there's days where it's just win loss, win loss, win loss. There's days where you're just given a win streak, and there's days where you're given loss streaks. So you just got a win streak. Don't be greedy and expect the algorithm to very luckily give you another win streak di directly after a win streak. That's right. That's not usually what happens. That's uh, you know, you flip a coin and you get heads. It's like you keep flipping it, and each time you get heads, the chance of that entire thing happening is just less and less and less and you know can happen but it's astronomically unlikely that you're gonna flip and get heads 10 times in a row and that's kind of like what i'm reading there of, of right. what you're doing is, is like you got a win streak then you're like why isn't this continuing well because there's 10 people in a dota game and you're only one of them right so your impact on the game is a lot less than than you would think so you're gonna have win win loss streaks and the most important thing is avoiding the loss streaks when they happen capitalizing on the win streaks when they happen and just enduring the win and losses uh, as much as you can. And if you're bored, if you're getting bored of a hero, the problem is when you get to those stagnant days of just winning and losing, you get bored of heroes. And yep. I think there's a balance of if you get bored with a hero, you can go and try to learn another one, but don't change your role. Don't change your general way of playing that was making you improve in the first place. I always tell people that like uh sheep sticked. She's like a streamer. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's like a, a Twitch streamer, like personality in the Dota scene. And she was like, she just got 6K. And like, I congratulated her on it. But I said, I said to her, I was like, don't, don't just be 6K. Like, the same thing that got you from 5.5K to 6K will get you from 6K to 6.5K. Right. It's not going to be the same knowledge that you're learning, but the same attitude and learning style and whatever it was that you were doing, that's, that's going to keep working. And uh, I know it's anecdotal. It's just from like what I've seen is that people just need to maintain the good attitude that they had. And the problem usually is when people let the attitude falter for whatever reason, whether it's ego, they, they get egotistical because they're huge MMR compared to before. But in reality, they're shit compared to somebody like, relative to somebody. You're always going to be shit, you know, so you'll feel bad about it at a certain point. But whatever you were feeling at the start of that win streak, you want to keep that feeling. <laughs> so if you felt like shit in that caused you to win with how you think you want to keep that going if you had confidence you want to keep that going you want to just stay the same stay the same i think it's i think like donnie said it can be really bad to try to make some huge drastic change and uh, i guess what i'm saying is don't change your positive learning attitude uh, of course change all of the simple stuff but that like that deep kind of uh more like meta strategy that you're applying to the game keep that the same Mm -hmm. and change all of the stuff on the on the very simple first layer you know like if you need to change your hero whatever as long as you're learning it in the same way and you're playing it with the same mentality you're not playing it like a dick you're not playing it with an ego does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah i know it sounds i know it sounds kind of pseudoscience -y, but i'm basically saying that there's like you know there's like levels to where you want to peel off out of your whatever your strategy is and you never want to go all the way down to the the base level which is okay how am i literally learning this game you don't want to change that one until it's your last resort right <laughs> you know you take off the stuff that doesn't matter 
first and you replace that and and changing your hero is fine but changing your role that's that's further down the list that's yeah. way bigger that's way bigger yeah i agree anyway that was uh big tangent uh next question uh we have ludicrous says uh ludicrous 571 don't worry i didn't forget your number uh question that ha may have already been answered but how does the hero pentag uh, pentagon matrix for the last 20 games indicate style slash gameplay slash improvements what are benchmarks people should aim for in a role and how can they improve very simply uh it's broken it doesn't update i've had the exact same pentagon <laughs> pentagon since it came out and i've played a lot of different roles and it should have changed but it literally, job, literally doesn't work so I hate to break it to you but there are no benchmarks it doesn't change at all valve, man. so now i just Fucking have valve. five different mmrs for my different roles but it just doesn't update the pentagon so i don't i don't know i've never i've never had that i can't queue for ranked roles at, at my rating yeah which is a good problem to have i suppose yeah i mean i i literally am just like one star lower on four than i am five one star lower than that when i play carry or offlane and it it's just like that, even though my win rate with offline, I think, is better than my win rate with four this month, and my four win rate is better than my five win rate this month. So it's like, it should be changing, but it's not. <laughs> so. Yeah, mine mine definitely does not reflect. Like, it puts my mid as high as my offlane, and my carry as high as my, as my offlane, and then my support, both my support roles are like 400 MMR below, and it's like, that right. just, all I play is offlane and support. That's it. Like Right. I you think I'm this thing thinks I'm a good mid. They haven't seen me play mid very yeah. quickly. That your opinion would change if you watch me play <laughs> mid. Um, okay, next we have Jay Brian. He says, Is eggs on axe good, bad, situational? Feels pretty strong, but I'm also pretty bad at the game, so hard to tell. It's good, it's really good. Uh, the problem with eggs on axe is it's like such a late game item because yeah, there's so many there? things, there's so many things you want before it. You want like vanguard blade mail blink all you want all of these different things and then also axe is not usually going to be a damage dealer in the late game so it's this weird situation where like when you do get it it feels really good and it, it just it feels like a good egg especially when you get the talent they it increases the battle hunger damage mm -hmm. but good god um it's does it it still makes the battle hunger aoe right they didn't change that uh yeah okay good because I, they've changed that egg so many times. Yeah, because it used to be like you had to call a creep and you then it would apply it to everything, but That's now it's so just an AoE cast. Which, I mean, theoretically is insane. It's like it is. It's like I mean, arguably, like if somebody ran axe mid and went for like some some like second item ags, it could be really good. What about like phase ags? Or like, what about like phase veil battle like ags, and then just yeah, something, yeah. something like that would be would be pretty decent, I think. But yeah. once again, it, it's such an obscure thing. It's like I, I all I can say is I think it's really good, but it just doesn't fit with the hero with like what the hero wants to do and at at the right timing. It's just an unfortunate like good ags on a hero that doesn't really care for doing what it does. Right. Okay, good question, though, because, yeah, that's a weird one. Uh, Fisk says, I play offlane when I solo queue and like to play blink initiators or good aura carriers like Centaur, Axe, Underlord, Mars, Legion, basically offlaners. Uh, oftentimes, I get a position four who will just sit in lane and soak experience and seem to be confused 
about concepts like pulling or cutting the wave. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty common occurrence given the bracket I'm currently in, Crusader. Uh, and while I realize losing some of these lanes is not their fault, uh, is not all their fault, it does not make it any easier. Since calibrating my friends who are higher ranked legend, they've been dragging me into some pubs with them, and I haven't played as much ranked games as I like to, but I can normally hold my own in those games. Given the current global situation, I finally have time to commit to playing ranked games and I'm aiming to improve. I don't want to be the person who blames their support for losses, so uh, my question is, what can I do myself to start improving my laning phase, specifically in regards to cut, pull? Dude, do it yourself. Like, yeah. I, 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 once again, I know I always have to defend this when I say it, but I've been smurfing, uh, yada yada, competitive advantage. If you want me to stop smurfing, pay me thousands of dollars, because that's what the league's going to fucking give me. But, like, legitimately... Tons of people don't do this, even in Divine. Like, they don't do the things that I want them to do. Yeah. And I don't bitch at them to do it. Um, I'll ask them, it. and I'll try to get them to do it. But if they don't, that's okay, because, like, I don't know, language barrier, or maybe they just don't care, or they're not putting as much effort, whatever it is. I'll just go do it. Like, somebody needs to do this stuff. It's It would be different if it were, like, a 10% increase in your laning stage to do these things, because then it's like, well, I don't want to suffer the loss of, like, missing a wave to go pull. But it's like a 200% increase in yeah. your laning stage. So your carry could literally TP to your lane and then pull for you and be recalled back by a Chen. And that would be that would be economically worth it in the game for that to happen. Yeah. That's how good this shit is. So literally just support yourself. And yep. um, in regards to the uh, queuing with higher rank friends and feeling like you hold your own in those games, uh, I don't want to dissuade you because maybe that's true. Uh, this is not specific to you, but I can say that I have seen this exact thing many, many times before. We've seen it on this podcast mm -hmm. and in replay review, and it's usually not true. Yeah. Like, usually what's happening is you're basically getting carried by those friends where they tell you to do things you wouldn't normally do. Um, or they just have better vision or map movements, and so you naturally have to play better. Like because, exactly, yeah, yeah ex right, exactly. Um, and then also, there's a little bit of not. Um, it's like your team is like owning so hard that they don't really need you to do anything in order right. to win the game. Like your impact just is is if you have no impact, it will have a lot less of an impact in those games because they're higher rated because people will kind of make up for it. Like there's a whole lot of things there. And I would just say um, it's really hard to know what you don't know or if you don't know. And like I said, I don't want to dissuade you, but if you do want to get better, uh, then I think it's worth not thinking about those games and just figuring out how the hell to win in your bracket. Because if you are good enough to hold your own in those games, your bracket should not be a problem for you. Yep. And that should be your first focus. And once you can fix that and you are winning in your bracket and your games feel so easy in your bracket, you will know that you're able to hold your own in those games. You know, it's like, once again, MMR is only the measurement, right? It's not this, it's not like, it's not like the goal. The goal is skill, but you can't know if your skill is improving if the measurement for your improvement is stagnating. Yes. You just can't, you can't know whether you're good or bad. So it's impossible to say, you know? Yeah, I mean, anecdotally, when uh, you know, when we did that the Toronto land, and we uh, we five stacked at the land center afterwards with like God Z and Breaking and Tsunami. Um, I just remember like some of those games feeling so like 
I might as well just not have been there because like God Z was he was like he was like eighteen and zero at like twenty minutes on Marana in one of the games. And he'd be like, Go here and just like kill somebody. Go here, kill somebody. All I had to do was like press Q on a hero every like thirty five seconds, and then he would just get a kill because like he was so aggressively positioning, so aggressively rotating, and all I had to do was kind of just like follow him around and I had like twenty assists. Was I actually assisting that much? Not really. He just needed one extra stun to get all these kills. It was his calls, his movements, his shot calling that was making all this happen. And you were playing offlane storm, so it was kind of irrelevant, you know. <laughs> I was owning. <laughs> I think I remember feeding those games. How close am I to eight K right now? I'm seven point eight K. Yeah, I'm buddy. Very close. I'm trying really, really damn hard to not lose my shit. It's good. Uh, R110 says, Hey, you sex tea beasts. A crusader friend of mine is starting to get quite good mechanically at playing IO. However, he usually goes for a mech wand, then rush heart. Well, maybe he'd be an ancient friend of yours if he wasn't doing that. <laughs> uh, recently, our group convinced him to go Greaves, go for Greaves and Lotus when applicable. We would very much like to get him up to our bracket, Ancient to Low Immortal, or Divine Six, as we like to call it. Uh, the IO player never solo queues, so being able to put his IO to the test uh, of a, at a higher level is impossible. I've thought about making another account to boost him. However, I am struggling morally. Are we low lives for ruining many games through our rise to glory? Any insight on IO builds? How have you been seeing... Uh, have I seen any Ion games? No, not really. Are close a haste still worth it with the plus 50 cost? Yeah, probably. Uh, okay, so boost your friend morally. I I just disagree wholeheartedly with any form of boosting because yeah. even as an individual, like I was I was I was close to 8k before. I was like 7.7. .7. That was the highest MMR I, I had ever gotten. And it wasn't really it's it's not boosting what what I was doing, um, but I was very selective of who I queued with. So I remember this, and yeah, it, and it's like that's not technically boosting because there's no smurfing involved or anything like that. It's just I wouldn't queue with people that I thought were shit. I would only queue with people that were really good. Basically, you're going a sham. you're going a little bit farther too. I remember you would like try and play with people you look at their past games and see if they're on a winning streak and play with yes, those people who are yes, like on the yes. come up basically so so <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna call out specifically who because he knows <laughs> he knows at this point henry i would queue with henry when i saw that he was on a win streak because that guy on a win streak really if good he's player. playing if he's playing like puck or something he's like 1v5 in games but if he's trying to play other heroes and he's losing his fucking mind I avoid him at all costs. Like there was a point I literally avoided him because I wanted him to be on the enemy team because I know Henry, dude. I've, I've talked to him for a long time. I know how he is when he's losing. He will just queue 10 games in a row and ruin them all. And then he'll get the MMR back the next day. Right. But I wanted some of that juicy free MMR on me. So I'd avoid him and then take him off my dodge list <laughs> on the next day. And uh, it got to a point where I was just like, what is the point of me gaming the system like this? If if I am not good enough to be at the rank that I get to after gaming the system, 
I'm going to fall anyway, right? So it's going to be this temporary thing, this temporary position that just doesn't really matter. And, or I can not play and just only like keep playing under these conditions. Do I only want to play with p other people with these specific people for the rest of my life? Right. And under these conditions, I don't want to maintain that shit. So I said, fuck it. I just said, I'm going to play when I feel like playing and what my MMR is going to represent is my ability to just win any game when I feel like playing. And yep. once again, going, going back to it, your MMR should not be an aim, a goal. It should be a measurement of your skill. And what I cared about was being high skilled enough to be 8K while queuing under any circumstance as long as I feel like playing the game. That's what I want. Maybe you look at somebody else and you see a 9K player and they're playing with all these conditions. And that's not me. If I get 9K, I'm going to be doing it playing whenever I fucking feel like it. And that's what my MMR is going to represent. So it just represents different things for different people. And so you need to decide with your friend, what does the MMR represent? Or do you truly think that somebody is in Guardian and they don't deserve to be there? I I'm not one of those people. I think, I think if you're out of rank, and you think you shouldn't be at that rank, I, I quite frankly think people are delusional thinking yep. that they deserve to be higher because I've thought that before. And I've been proven wrong so many times that I can't look at somebody else and say, you're right. You're probably right. I don't know. I want to be nice to you, you know, but I've seen it so many times with myself that I'm always wrong. Why would this person be right about it? Why would everybody else that I've seen be wrong about it too? Like everybody always comes to terms with it eventually because you don't gain MMR legitimately and then you have to come to terms with it and then you do gain mmr and then all of a sudden it's like that person is admits that they are wrong about that thing yeah and um i i think it's really interesting like i also recently kind of went through a similar thing where before i was playing like when the new season started what like eight months ago or something like that at this point i played i like followed my own rules very very clearly when i was recalibrating and i went nine and one and gained like 700 mmr from the recalibration or something like that and for a long time there when i was doing this or when i was when i was playing in those games like you know mid 5k whatever i was just playing like coddle or you know just like i was playing like four or five heroes and that was it and just like winning losing winning losing gaining a little bit losing a little bit and then recently when i went on this big losing streak picking everything because you know what i'm fucking tired of playing only five five is boring if you play it 40 times in a row i would rather like to you know i'd like to play offlane i like to play a carry game every now and then i want to play four i want to do other stuff than pick coddle 40 straight games and so sure enough i lost a bunch of mmr picking a whole bunch of random stuff and now i've gained almost all of that mmr back and i'm playing offlane co-op I'm playing offlane Death Prophet. I'm playing position four. I'm playing position five Tusk, which I learned from playing position four Tusk. And I feel like I just have such a better understanding of the game at this point. And so like my MR is actually what it's supposed to be in like a general Dota sense and not just a position five sense, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but I did want to also say that we always recommend spamming heroes and I'm just kind of like shitting on spamming heroes. The thing is... You need to learn the game. Spamming heroes to learn, yes. not for the purpose of gaining MMR. Exactly. That's the big difference. It's to increase your skill, which in time, it's an investment. That's yes. what it is. And sometimes you lose MMR spamming heroes yeah. because you suck at it and you're losing with it constantly. But that's the that's the investment, you know?
yep. it pays dividends. Exactly. Like how good you are eventually in Dota depends on how many MMR investments you've made, you know? So literally stonks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ander Kent says, how do you handle Quop when doing the EE bristleback skips mid? Uh, she daggers you on the first wave and then you're trying half HP, trying to catch the second one. She daggers you again. You can't buy a clarity and salve. Uh, just cut it to tier three against a co-op, dude. That's that's basically what I would say. And uh, just get a shitload of regen. If she's chasing you around at a tier three and you get to that second wave, that's going to be two waves that dies to her tower. If you just TP out and you have a two wave advantage on her, she can't beat you mid. Like that's that's the whole point of the cutting thing is that people didn't seem to realize that in the comments. I was getting a lot of comments and not not saying that you don't, Andrew can. I mean, obviously, you've, if you've done it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But people who hadn't tried it in the comments, they were like, well, what if the enemy mid laner chases you around? That's the point. They can't. If they do and they kill you, it's not worth the waves of experience they're missing that are dying to their tower. Right. Oh, and also chipping away at their fucking tower right. while that's happening. They're going to have a 50% HP tower after a couple of waves of chasing you around and be level one. Not very good. Yeah. Also, I mean, you could probably just do it at level three, like just shove the first wave with quills. And then yeah, that's two. also true. That's also true. Like Envy, the game that I showed in the video that I made for my channel, um, my personal channel, I should say, because Dota Alchemy is also, you know, 50% or whatever. I mean, it's mostly we, mine, we do, but that's okay. We, we do have that. We do have that 10% that we owe to speed, though, after coming on to the, to the podcast. Uh, right. The other day. But other than that, I mean, he's probably going to, he's, uh, let's be real. He's, he's kidnapped. He's, he's not coming back. Yeah. So that's not. We're just reabsorbing that stock at this point. Yeah, at this point, it's it's just ours. But yeah, Envy doesn't every game start doing that. Like, it's just if he can. Uh, but he will eventually always do that. So if you have to play the first couple of levels on the wave, and if you're playing something like Ember, for example, and you're doing this mid, like eventually Ember wants to do this as well, right? But Because yeah. it gets you so far. But you don't do it for the first wave. You just push the first wave. Right. You just push until you have like level two or level three in your flame guard. And then you do it. Then it's really easy. F in the chat for speed. Yeah, boys. This this guy. Oh, one thing I did want to say. There was a question about smurfing. What's the best way to play against a smurf? Um, and this also goes back to the question of my teammates suck. How do I get out of my rank? You know, we talk about this all the time. And I just want to say, if there are idiots on your team, the enemy team is filled with idiots. You know, so there's going to be four idiots on your team and five idiots on the enemy team. Okay, that leaves one person. You. Yep. Nine idiots in a game. What are the chances you're the one not idiot deserving of? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very <laughs> unlikely that you don't belong there. If and the thing is, if you're not an idiot, then you you're only twenty percent of your or you're only yeah twenty one over five twenty percent of your team. I'm a dumbass. Ten uh, percent of the impact in the in the entire game. So it's sometimes you have idiot teammates and you lose sometimes you have smurfs on the enemy team and you lose and you just need to have such a high impact that you're not able to do that at at your skill level yet and that's fine uh you play 10 games four of those games smurfs are going to be on your team four of them they're on the enemy team two games no smurfs you know that's that's the thing is like i want to tell you how to deal with a particular game where your teammates suck or a particular game where you had a smurf but the best most uh useful thing that i can say is like play for the next game where you have the smurf like if if the game you try your best to win but you also have to accept 
that sometimes the enemy team will just have two Smurfs and you have none and you fucking lose. And and that's fine. Yeah. And uh, people always use those games, the Smurfs or the shitty teammates, as an excuse of not getting better. How am I supposed to win this game? Well, because you played 20 of them and two of them were winnable and you didn't win those. Those are the important games. I don't give a fuck about the 18 other ones. <laughs> like, I get those as well. I get I get Moon Meander Smurf on the enemy team in one of my games and I lose. Rank 150 Smurf. This guy has three accounts in top 10 and he's Smurfing on the enemy team at 3,000 MMR below. What can I do about that? Oh, great. Eight games later, I get him on my team two games in a row, right? It's like, I can't look at the one game and dislike that and then like when he's on my team. Right. Um, all, all I'm saying is like, do not get debated by these like inconsequential games where you have Smurfs, they have Smurfs, shitty teammates, whatever. Focus on being good. Focus on having the highest impact possible. Don't be a monkey throwing shit amidst this cesspool of other monkeys throwing shit. Do not stoop to their level by focusing on blaming people and blaming things for losing. Yeah. Like also, that takes like, your entire focus away from winning. What I don't understand is when people say, I'm only at my MMR because I have Smurfs on the enemy team every single time. Why aren't you like having the same impact if you're supposed to be higher MMR? Why why is only the Smurf the one having the higher impact? Well, that's just that's just statistically not true. That's <laughs> yeah. that just that just isn't true. Like you also have Smurfs. That's what I'm saying, is that yeah. it's just not it's not statistically possible. And if if it is, then you've only then you need to play a larger sample size of games because you can't you can't flip a coin a hundred times in a row and get heads every time. You know what I mean? Like you can do it two times, maybe. Wow, that's cool. Doesn't prove any. Like, you can't flip a coin three times, get heads three times in a row, and say, "Look, it's heads every time." Like, keep flipping it. Yeah. It will even out to fifty-fifty. I think it's like fifty-one percent, but you know what I'm saying. Like something with the metal, but you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, anyway, it's just it's just such a big debate. It's just such a big debate, and I, I don't like to see people not focusing on the important things because they're debated by that stuff. Uh, Kadu Nuno says, I'm switching from support to offlane. What would you say are the most important aspects of flying offlane currently? Um, being a maniac, you have to constantly run in first and play at it. I would say, I gotta say, offlane is not a role for the faint of heart right now. Like, yes. you have to run in. And get fights started and shit and survive at like 10% HP. That's like your main goal as an offlaner is to like bait the enemy team into absolutely horrendous shit. You're constantly playing on like the edge of a cliff. Just like, I don't know, like some, there's some like raging bulls or something. And, you know, you're on the cliff and you have the little, the little red flag and you're constantly dodging out of the way for the bulls and they run off and. And it's like the only way that you survive is by getting those bulls to run off that fucking hill because God knows you're not walking through them. And that's offlane. It's like you could tip yourself off the hill. A bull could hit you. There's so many ways that you can die. But, you know, the it's exciting. It's a fun role. It's a really fun role right now. It is definitely not a carry role, though, I will say. No, no farming Definitely whatsoever. not a carry role. Actually, I was, going to, I was going to make a video about this, but I just couldn't quite figure out exactly how to do it. But... Mm -hmm. um, I was playing a game as offlane void spirit the other day and Ellie was watching and it was like a top hundred game. And she was just like, Holy shit. Like this bracket is so much faster than like, even just the bracket below it. Like people are constantly fighting. And I was saying to her, I was like, man, I probably hit one jungle camp per 10 minutes in that game. And it was literally like 
my team would be just getting ready to smoke. I'd pop all of my abilities to instantly kill a jungle camp, and then I'd go. You know, it wasn't like I'd sit there and hit a jungle. It was like just gone. And and it was like le legitimately like one every five minutes or one every ten minutes. And I was just like, that was one of my best games that I've played in a long time. Because, and it's not just because of this, but because I was playing well, I, d I didn't hit any jungle camps whatsoever. Because I didn't have to, because we were winning. We could constantly fight. And we did constantly fight. We kept the pressure on. Uh, and and that's like that's like good Dota right now is is just there's no you should all you shouldn't even hit jungle camps as an offlaner like you should aim to never hit jungle camps if you're playing to your absolute apex you should not hit any jungle camps for like like I said one every five minutes one every ten minutes and I know that's like probably shocking to a lot of people because most people are like farming jungle camps is the thing you know that's right. like the thing that they do yeah I um I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job of doing this like i've been streaming a bit recently and i will catch myself periodically being like i need to be near my team and i'll be like oh shit <laughs> you know like run to my team and then i'll i'll go do something else maybe like shove a wave and i'm like oh god i need to be be near my team again and i'll have to just like run back over there and being aware enough to catch that i think is like a pretty big step for me in my game and it has had very big dividends in terms of my win percentage as well so it's like especially on especially on offlaners like yeah it's it's like you constantly have to be there right now yeah which is both fun but also you can't you can't let your instincts take over for even a second where you like want to go hit a creep yep <laughs> there's you have to be at every fight as an offlaner now yeah especially because you're the one building the auras so if you're building auras and you're not at fights like you actually don't exist like yeah, all no the gold that you spend on auras is completely pointless it's only good because your team has non-aura items, yeah. <laughs> basically. Uh, okay, couple Lurky Boy says, a couple of days ago, I had this game where I was playing pause for, and our offlaner tilted and went AFK jungling at minute one. This made me think, uh, should you become an offlaner and do an offlaner build or stick with position four and do position four build while being more farmed than normally? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I would say it depends on what your AF AFK jungling idiot does. Uh, your AFK jungling idiot probably is going to go carry items because yep. that's what people who hit jungle do is they go carry items. Yep. So, yeah, nobody I jungles to farm a pipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense actually because that would imply you want to be with your group, with your team. Uh, so I would say probably build the offline items just because it's really bad to not have somebody that's building it. Uh, building those items and uh yeah I, I would say probably off probably offlane items support items um it's largely the same though between position four and offlane is the thing though so it's not really it's not really a huge investment to be like i'm gonna switch from position four to offlane it's kind of like ah, is that really switching roles i feel like earth spirit and some centaur war runner like these heroes are kind of the same in what they do Right. Some big tanky frontline guy that goes in first and like gets shit started and then dies. It's like those are I just describe both of those heroes. Yeah. Now if you're like right. a Rubik four and your underlord's hitting the jungle or something like that, then probably should still go Rubik items. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like there are certain there like for the spellcasting heroes, there are items that just going pipe on any of the spellcasting heroes doesn't do anything. No. Greaves might be acceptable. On, yeah, on Greaves might be okay. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's weird. I, I guess yeah, I mean, because Greaves, can, you can use them from afar. It's not necessarily to make you able to run in and be tanky. 
but it mm. still gives you a little bit of that utility. So yeah, like a mix of items might be pretty decent. Um, but yeah, very specific question. I would say probably lean towards going for the, the aura tanky items. Yep. Sofa King says, is gyro offlane viable? Yes, I've done that one. I've done that yeah. one. It's pretty good. If you build tanky items and take the HP talent, I think he would work. I tried Bassi, Yasha, Vanguard into Crimson. Don't go for Yasha. <laughs> Don't do that. That's a carry item. Don't go for Sanjin Yasha. Vlad's with a final BKB, and it felt pretty good for both teams and for Tower Push after the patch. Uh, it's hard to tell what is good without experimentation, but Gyro seems to fit the fast-paced meta. I actually do really like offlane Gyro. How did but you I would scale say, it? Uh, I maxed. Uh, I maxed the Q, of course, and I probably would have done. I probably would have done a, a point to a, like max out the what's it called the missile uh, the, the W. I probably would have maxed out the W, but. It was a game where having cre we were against like a nature's prophet safe lane or something so like you that. Needed so flak having waves and so push, having flak yeah. was pretty good, yeah. And mm -hmm. also the stunder H on the rocket level one is like two point five, so it's it's already really good at level one. Mm -hmm. um, so it's mm -hmm. I, I think, but I think maxing Q, of course, that's you're never going to max flak. Right. You're you're always max Q as a offlane gyro because you want to fight. And then I went for vessel. I went for some nice. like vessel uh, pipe blink. Uh, ethereal blade sort of thing and it was it felt really nice cool sounds um, that ethereal blade was kind of was kind of memeing because <laughs> we were just destroying them at that point but sure like pi pi uh, pipe vessel that sort of shit really good on gyro you just run around fighting it's super good well i don't i don't know if it's super good but it, it, there's, it, there's it's a place fun for at it. the very least it's fun yeah it's fun uh fuzzy says what's up my dearest dota alchemist i hope you're feeling good and all I'm back from my break. Had a blast not playing Dota, but I missed you, your tangents, and the game, I suppose. Uh, today, my question is, what other games or genres can teach you that is uh, good in Dota? Or to make it even bigger, what other activities in life? Oh, God, this is a good question. This is a this could be a long one. Welcome uh, back, okay. Fuzzy, you motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay, so what can basically teach you about Dota? Um, and also, he says, if Donnie keeps posting Valorant stuff, I'm definitely ditching this channel. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> support Riot-related content. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. Uh, I approve. Fuck, man. That's a good question. I thought about this a lot when I was playing pro because um, as much as, like, my teammates always thought that I didn't try, I guess that's just, like, the aura that I give off, that I don't give a fuck or I don't try or something. But I really do. I just suck. You know, it's like, it's not a it's not a not trying thing. Or Or maybe I don't try as hard as i think i do you know what i mean there's there's all sorts of like mental sh psychological shit but sure. regardless it doesn't matter uh this is something that i theory crafted and thought about a lot um gym like exercise i need, can't do that right now in most countries but exercise i consider to be really important um for me feel free to go on a tangent if you want by the way donnie because I'm, I'm about to list off like 10 things so you can uh feel free to interrupt me between any of my individual examples but all right i'll start with i'll start with the gym because this this gym shit helped me in in playing better dota because it made me confident uh just in in life like because you feel fit you feel healthy you feel you feel like iron man if you're a, i mean anybody who's a nerd and goes to the gym knows what i'm talking about like you go from feeling lethargic and shit and like if there was a zombie apocalypse you'd be the first to die fuck i'd probably get cannibalized on by my family they'd probably eat me because my meats my meat's probably pretty damn tender um 
So it's not looking good for me. So I felt like Iron Man. And so I'd go into games, people would flame me, and I didn't care because I because I went to the gym. And that that was and I think there's a whole lot of other psychological, like neurological stuff that happens as well. Uh, I'm sure there's science on it. I haven't actually looked at the individual individual studies for this particular thing. Probably should because I talk about it a lot. I'm a huge proponent of, of the gym, but the gym is a big thing for me. Uh, discipline as well. Just if you can be disciplined in like lifting heavy things and putting them down, even though that shit hurts, I feel like you can be really disciplined in playing Dota. You know, it's it's just like there are so many transferable things. And I, I also think that it goes the other way too. Uh, because I, I know I've had this conversation a lot with people that have invested a lot of time into Dota. Uh, there's this like whole sunken cost problem where people don't want to quit. And they don't want to move on to like their career or they don't want to move on to like playing another game because they feel like they put so much time into Dota that if they don't use it for something that gives them some dividends like money or fame or whatever it is, then it was all worth nothing. But I disagree with that. I think I think if there's an experience in life in general that you're having that negatively impacted you or had no impact on you at all, that's your doing that's your choice to let it have a negative impact and uh, somebody just messaged me on twitter about this actually they were saying they started reading marcus aurelius uh, meditations because i had recommended that in like one of the streams mm. and they said i love that he name drops random people he'll name drop his fucking gardener mm -hmm. uh, and you know why you know why he name drops his gardener in his own personal diary as a roman fucking emperor because this guy went through life and every single interaction that he had, whether negative, positive, or neutral, or with somebody that he perceived to be lesser, he would look to get some value out of it for improving himself. And I feel the same way about Dota. If you're choosing to take all of these things that you've learned about Dota, gaining MMR, discipline, how to be happy amongst a bunch of apes, all of these different things, if you can't find a way to make that apply to your life, then you suck. You yeah. suck at doing that. And it's not has nothing to do with the experience itself because it could be a very positive one. Even if it's negative, you could turn it into a positive. You're choosing to make it negative. That's why this guy was a very successful Roman emperor until he got killed by his piece of shit son. You know? So, yes, good question. Good question. I think it goes both ways. That's all I'm saying. I really think it goes both ways. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, have, I have a bunch of, of thoughts about various things with like improvement in dota from outside uh activities as well but i think you summarize it pretty well and i don't want to drone on for too long but i i really the one thing i will say is that i think it's really important to try to employ balance because the the more like deep in you, you get to like the the quest for mmr the quest to get better at the game generally the worse your experience is going to be it's like really important to i find that when i take time to you know play guitar like go outside do some gardening or something like that you know like take my dogs to the park like those are the days that i actually play good dota or feel invulnerable to tilt because i have like creatively expressed myself through guitar i've like cleaned my house i have you know spent some time outside in the sun and all of those things significantly just increase my general quality of life and then once you increase the quality of your life usually the quality of your dota goes up too because dota is is like essentially just a game of resilience 
in my opinion. Like, it really is. You know, some games you get a free win, but most games, it's how resilient can you be to things going wrong? Because basically every game is just chock full of mistakes, even at the pro level. Like, games yeah, are literally just, yeah. like, who makes less mistakes and who capitalizes on the other team's mistakes more. That's that's all Dota is. This is true. Yeah, this is true. You can really tell when somebody's losing so many games and they don't know it when they're, like, so tilted that they're like, oh, I hate it when my teammate did this and this and this. And it's like, man, those aren't even that big of, like, these are such minor mistakes and you're so focusing on this. Right. And you, you can just really tell when somebody's like in that zone of just z- absolutely zero resilience. And that's when people go on these like massive loss streaks is when they let like one individual thing basically make the game, um, uh, make, like make them, make them just lose their mind. Yeah. Anytime somebody starts all chatting during the picking phase, cause they, they, somebody picks a hero on their team that they don't like and they start, Oh, why'd you pick this hero? We lost. Oh, yeah, or they start, yeah. look, we've right. got a fucking Pudge on our team. God. You know. Well, oh, if, 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 if it's Pudge, I mean, it's kind of acceptable. But any other hero, you know, if they're if they're flaming their team in the draft, chances are that person is not having a good day. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And you can avoid that by just doing good shit outside of Dota. Yep. Um, okay. Rage says, I've been having a lot of games where the character... Uh, I, as a support, want to play around, e.g. a strong mid or offlaner, is being played by an idiot who wants to run into the enemy triangle when they have five people there. Do I still try and save them? No. Or is it better to just sacrifice them for a better game plan? Yes. Also, alongside this, I've had a few mids who really want to play the solo game and are making games last far longer than they should. You can just play around them. Uh, How should I approach teamfighting or starting a fight with players like this? Just go to them. Yeah. Just go to them, Rage. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's not much you can do sometimes. Alternatively, relentlessly split push one lane. Just live there. Live in the trees. Until the person wants to fight. Live at their tier three (laughs) until all of the fights start being won by your team because they're getting 4v3s and 4v2s because the other team's coming back. The other teams, like players, are coming back to stop you from split pushing. Yep. Yep, basically, uh, yeah, you, you just need to do something to basically capitalize on the fact that these people are doing what they're doing. Like, if you're having somebody run into their triangle and have five people there, if you run up there as well, you're going to feed with them. But if you split push on the other side of the map and they do that, then that's space for you. You're actually trans- transforming their shitty play into something good yep. by you doing something good. So that- you just need to figure out what it is that you can do to make that transformation. What you just described there is legitimately the only way to gain MMR in solo queue. In in basically any game. And I watched this in I know people are starting to meme this, but I watched this in Valorant, like playing with Nusham or even just myself when I'm having a good game. A lot of there's a bunch of really bad players. There's a bunch of league players trying to play like an FPS for the first time and they all suck. They're like looking at the ground, running around. And I literally I just let them walk in get shot and then i peek immediately after that knowing exactly where the other players are and i just use my teammates as as like a meat shield to tell me where people are and i kill them and like Nusham does this every single game that i play with him he like sends valathor in and then kills like <laughs> kills the three people that valathor got killed by yeah because valathor's getting himself fucking killed regardless dude. exactly exactly and this is what you need to do in in dota pubs where your your carry is 
they keep dying bottom. Why are they still bottom? It's 20 minutes in the game. They're in the dead lane still. It's their fourth death, their eighth death. But you know what you should be doing? Knowing that four enemy heroes keep killing your carry, you need to be pushing their top wave. You need to be pushing baiting, their top tower. Or baiting your idiot carry. That's exactly. also a play. Exactly. All of that. Yep. Anything. Just just you just need a solution. You need you need to to look for one. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. I just got a Valorant drop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, Arboreal Phoenix says, What should you do as a position three when the enemies relentlessly shove the lane under your tower and your position four, despite all attempts to please leave and stack, gets runes or gank mid tower, just sits under tower sapping experience my initial thoughts would be if i'm a lane cutter i should cut the wave but if i'm unable to drag the wave dragging it back to the tower uh okay so you're basically asking sure okay so you're basically asking what do you do when your position for is a fucking donkey uh what you do is you let them be the core like yeah. I, I i i honestly just go support gank another lane or something like that i'm not in your bracket but i can tell you that i have the same idiots in when i play games and i just i just go stack them for myself and then i'll go farm the stacks later the the bottom line is it once again goes back to the the question of what do you do in your position four is not pulling you pull because once again you don't gain like a 10 percent increase in efficiency by doing these things it's like a 100, 200% increase. Like it's some huge order of magnitude larger uh, increase in the efficiency of the game by doing these things. So it doesn't matter who's doing it. The bottom line is there's a wave of experience. It's free and you don't need two heroes sitting there and soaking it. There, that's one extra hero that could be doing something else. So even if it's your position four that's getting the experience, who cares? Because that lets you go do something else with your time. If you just sit there and soak with your position four, then that's it. You could have double efficiency because there's two of you and there's one wave. You see what I'm saying? It's like you're getting fit, you're getting the same amount of experience, but your other hero could be doing something equivalently important somewhere else. Yeah. And you taking away from that is not as bad as a position four taking away from that because that's what they're supposed to be doing. You'd rather the pause three get get XP, but it's still bad. It's still really bad. Also, I know that you guys kind of like Band-Aid solutions because it's it's very easy to just get caught up in like your teammates playing terribly. So here's a Band-Aid solution for you. Only pick offlaners that can cut the wave and then just cut the wave. And then your four will have no fucking idea what to do and they won't be able to soak your experience. <laughs> Literally, just play Axe or Centaur every game and just cut at the tier threes. There's no way that your four is going to come there. Because they're going to be like, look at my idiot offlaner. Why are they playing at the tier three? And they'll go try lane bottom or something like that, or gank mid, which is probably the correct play anyway. Yep, sounds about right. That'll that'll work. But then you're restricted to picking only three heroes, which is a problem. But hey, whatever. Uh, Crave says, I've theory crafted this last patch already, but is solo offlaning not really good right now? I agree. Uh, especially with the deny XP change, less snowballing, and the tower regen, I feel like you can just put any offlaner that can cut creeps uh, in any way, solo the offlane, and any offlaner that is dependent with level 3 uh, onwards solo in the safe lane, it'd be insanely hard to punish if you draft a tri-lane from the very start and the opponents do not. Uh, well, I'm not sure about the tri-laning. Like, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of tri-lanes these days. I, I think having, like, a dual lane and then some guy that can roam is pretty good. Because you, then you have options. You're not just restricted to like, all right, if we win this lane, we win the game. If we lose, we lose. But I do think that like 
I've honestly been a fan of solo laning ever since the creep manipulation stuff started. In fact, uh, I said this the other day when I was on my like low immortal smurf and I, I was playing with like Ellie and I said like, man, I, I would prefer to not have a position four in my lane fucking up the lane because I know that I can just get so much more out of the lane on my own than with somebody else there just soaking because, and that's partly because people suck, but also partly because it's really hard to stop cutting. It's really fucking hard. I don't know what you do to stop cutting unless you have like a Pugna or a Bane. So for the most part, yeah, I, I, I think solo offlaning is just a lot of the times better than having somebody there just soaking XP. I mean, especially if it's a lane that you're not going to win, like especially yeah. in that case. Yep. So yeah, uh, big agree. Big agree, agree on that one. Louis FR says, why do you think the Dota 2 scene in NA is so underdeveloped compared to other regions? It seems to be a recurring issue in League of Legends as well. Is NA just not interested in MOBA, uh, considering that schools like mine are starting to have official esports teams and even a dedicated esports arena? That's crazy. Do you think the MOBA NA scene will improve a lot in the next couple of years? It worries me that NA stars like Universe and PPD are retiring, but no new NA players are really coming to the stage. Uh, do you think that the league system will help progress towards ha uh, progress towards having a better uh, better players in our region? So before FYI, the S silence of my name, I'll keep reminding Jenkins until he gets it right. God damn it. Did I do it that time? No, that was good. Louis FR, oh. you said. Okay, cool, cool. Um, okay, so I want to jump in this one because I'm actually writing an article on this right now about what's wrong with North American Dota. And so I have been um, interviewing. I've asked several high MMR NA players what their opinion is on, on why NA pubs are bad, why NA pro teams are bad for the most part. And uh, I am curious to hear your answer, but like the vast majority of the things that we've heard, you know, oh, NA players are just console players. Oh, they just play FPS games. Oh, you know, there's there's no like PC cafes or, you know, there, there's a lot of kind of excuses that are given for NA being bad at MOBAs. Uh, but for the most part, from what I saw in my research of like looking at the, the, uh, like console sales in worldwide versus NA. I, I like, I looked at some of this data and from what I can see, it really just comes down to <laughs> NA players are just bad at MOBAs for the most part. They like don't have the patience maybe to get good at MOBAs. Um, there's a lot of entitlement in our country, our countries, I should say. Hey man, speak for yourself. I mean, like, frankly speaking, there's, there's really no concrete reason. There's like a bunch of different factors, but I think that one of the things that you and I have talked about several times, I got some really good information from like BSJ and, and Newsham and uh, Captain Canuck. They were, they gave me like long essays about like what they think about the NAC. And a lot of it boils down to like just attitude problems in NA compared to a lot of other regions. And I know people are like Russians suck, SEA players suck, but frankly, NA players are just like massive egotists for the most part. And they just have an idea that the game is supposed to be perfect every single time they play. And they're just really, really bad at adapting to having things go wrong. Whereas I feel like a lot of Whoa. these. Sorry. I, I think that's, I think that's painting a broad stroke. Like I, I it think, is. I think those are the people that have survived because you have to be fucking insane to be North American and continue playing Dota. 
Like you have to be insanely competitive. You have to be insanely narcissistic. You have to never give up on your goals, even though it's incredibly unrealistic. Like, I feel like if, if the infrastructure was better, it would encourage more regular people to, to, to do it. Like what about the infrastructure in SA? What about the infrastructure in Russia? Like, well, the, the, the thing, how did they get there? well, in SA, if you get if you get like a five hundred dollar a month salary or something like that, you can you can afford a team house. Like Bro. in 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 NA, it's it's like sixteen hundred dollars. Like no, I have to dude, pay fifteen hundred dollars in rent. This this doesn't it, this doesn't hold water, man. Like I trust me, I I in some sense it is it's definitely more expensive to have an NA team. That is that's for sure. However, why are there so many good Danish players? Da- like Denmark is more expensive to live in than America. Why are there so many good Scandinavian players? I mean, those well, are well, those I, are just as expensive. Yeah, to I mean, live I've, in. I've I've no fucking idea because I've never lived in those countries. I don't know how it is. I can only speak from my own experience, which is that I was never able to strictly play pro for more than like four months at a time because I had to pay for school loans and I had to pay for rent. Like I can only speak from my own experience and from other people that I know as well that are tier two players that had like pending massive college debts. Like what are the, what are the college debts like in Denmark? Do you know that number? Like it's probably no. a lot lower. Like it's in, in Europe, it's a lot lower, right? Probably. Like Husky, for example, did like a year of school and he's always asking me, is there a video he can help on? Is there something he can do to get money? So his parents don't hound him for his like student debt. So it's, it's a nuanced issue. Like, I don't know what all of the factors are and maybe like, I think there's a, you're right. A large amount of it, it is attitude, but I also think that, well, at least for me, at least for me and some people that, that I played with, like, it just wasn't possible. Like I, I, like I said, whenever I was like playing pro at my like apex of skill, I was in college for a fucking CS degree. So I had to work to pay for that. Uh, I had to like stream and I had to, I had to do all of these things that if I were to just play pro, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be able to afford doing. So I had to do shit in order to like pay for that stuff. You know what I mean? And, uh, I'm just, I'm not sure the other, a lot of these other regions have to have to do that. And maybe, maybe that's also just like, um, the way that we are in North America. I know in like the fifties or something, there was like a lot of propaganda that was trying to get people to go to like higher education. And uh, a lot of that basically resulted in our parents being like super pro college, super pro university, or sorry, anti college and pro university. Even though people who go to college and are getting jobs like being plumbers and stuff are getting paid a lot more than people who are going to university, getting way more expensive degrees, and then just doing fuck all with like a psychology degree. Sure. I mean, I don't know. I I don't like to give like. I'm not a fan of these excuses, to be honest. I'm not trying to call you out in particular, but like, I mean, it's like you, you haven't experienced it though. Like, you don't know what you, you don't. Dude, you... what are you fucking talking about? I've been living on my own since I was 18. I moved out of my house at 18. Yeah, and, but you and... haven't had to. You haven't had to. Like, I'm saying you haven't had to try to simultaneously go pro. What are you with talking everybody about? Telling you Dude, you should just be better. What are you talking about? I've like not specifically talking about Dota, but I've moved across country. I've done all this shit on my own. Like if you, if you, if you want to do something, you will figure out a way to do it. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to flame you, but I think that all these NI players being like, if we just had more infrastructure, we could be better Dota players. How about you just fucking get a job and work and then play Dota? Like, 
Most because you can't. You don't yes, have the time. Yes, you can. People scrim. If, you can, but if, it's harder. If, if you want you it, if you want it that badly, you will figure out a way. That is my point. Well, I could stick a wooden spoon up my ass. That doesn't mean that it's like easy to do. It's possible, but it's harder. And we're talking when we're talking yeah. statistics. Sure. You have to. You have to look at at the. Like you, because you can do something, you can flip a coin 10 times in a row and get heads every time. That doesn't mean it's not a, a, a difficult thing to do in, in, in heart. Imagine if you could, fl- if you could flip a coin five Dude, times. Again, I'm not, two. I'm not trying to attack you, man. I'm just saying that like, there's a lot of NA Dota players that just expect themselves to be able to have a, an NA scene and they just, they don't even fucking work. Like what, why couldn't somebody that's like 6k and they want to go pro and they're like waiting on this league to maybe get them to be able to go pro. Why don't you just like try harder? You know, that's all I'm trying to say. Like, I feel like a lot of NA players are fucking lazy. Well, I agree with that. But that's the thing is that a lot of the people that are still around that still play are like the degenerates because in order to stick around, you have to be fucking dumb. Right. Right. Because everybody here is like, you have to go to college. You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. So I know so many people that have like tried and quit because they just want to go on like the beaten path of being like a software developer or something. But in other regions, it's more likely and it's better to be a pro gamer. And that's also a thing. It's like in China to be like a pro gamer is this like highly coveted thing. But in NA, it's it's like you play video games. Boomers think you're a fucking degenerate, right? Sure. I mean, there's like, definitely some I, some I regional like bias in terms of the perception of, of what it is. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. All I'm saying is that, like, there's a lot of people who have become professional athletes by literally just never giving it. Like, dude, look at Michael Jordan. He was cut from his high school basketball team. And then he came back the next year and was like, I'm going to outwork every single person here. And then he did. And then he went to college and said, literally told his coach, I'm going to outwork every single person here. And then he did. And then he went to the NBA. And as a rookie, he literally... Like I'm, I'm watching this documentary on him, so he's he's talking about how he he did this, and he's he's known for being a fucking asshole because he had the most insane competitive drive and like work ethic of any NBA player. He went to the Bulls, and the team was like a shit show, and he figured out who the team leader was, and then he literally just outplayed that person until his teammates respected him, and then they followed him. Like there is a path if you work harder than everybody yeah, else. Yeah, I, get that. I agree. That's all I'm I trying mean, to say. I agree. Of course, of course, of course, that's true. I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I just think it's like a insanely, insanely nuanced issue. Yeah, and I agree. It's, it's always like it's always painted over with like a broad stroke, but it's like we're talking like global scale economics and like sociology here. It's a really <laughs> fucking weird issue. Yeah, know? totally. Like having this same discussion with traditional sports or like football or baseball or even another game would be a totally different conversation. You know what I mean? Because it's so specific to this is how this is how dota 2 is you yeah. know anyway uh let's see uh okay vinceptor says when looking at pro players a lot of them are at least somewhat able to play other roles do you think it's important to learn more about the other roles in the game or is it better to focus on only one also wondering why andrew loves dick oh for fuck's sake <laughs> uh and what I, I i i did say i did you say did say it, it. yeah uh, oh what heroes God. you recommend banning in low MMR pubs? P.S. It's my dog Charo's eighth birthday today, so say happy birthday. Well, Vinceptor, I hope that your dog takes a massive steaming shit on your feet while you're playing Dota <laughs> today. You fucking lose your game. That's that sound? 
okay, so what was the question again? Uh, one look at pro players. Uh, a lot of them play, somewhat play other roles. Do you think it's a... So, I feel like you... What? What are you, what's wrong with you? Just, just, just laughing. What the fuck, man? Just enjoying Alchemy answers today. Right, right after, right after the, the questions are good today, and now yeah. Vince Scepter's throwing in this fucking curveball. <laughs> this is this is uh this has been a, a good Alchemy answers. I'm enjoying this one. Um, so okay, uh, people are able. We we talk about this a lot. Uh, I feel like it's better to focus on one and have just one or two heroes that you play in the other roles. And if they overlap with your role, then that's that's better because it's just less stuff for you to learn. Right. That's, that's, that's yeah. like, a, I feel like we talk about this one a, a lot. So I don't want to go like too much in detail, but it's, it's just straight up not possible to learn how to play like, I don't know, Shadow Fiend mid. And then also, okay, I'm learning Centaur at this point and Anti Mage. Like these are very different heroes. Whereas if you're like Death Prophet offlane, Death Prophet mid, Death Prophet safe lane, Death True. Prophet four. True. Come on. That's easy. Yeah. That's um, really easy. Also, like, uh, a lot of the, the he was talking about pro players playing different roles. I know that Crit plays a lot of mid, like, in pubs. He plays a lot of, like, troll mid and, and clinks and, and all sorts of cores. Um, I mean, the fact of the matter is that most of the pro players got to be pros by playing core first, and then they switched to another role. That's true. So That is true. It's not like uh, these guys are playing some other role that's like completely alien to them. Like most of the pro players that are in the scene came up as like a mid or carry initially. And then they switched to something to fit into a team with, with equally good players. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, it, it, it is, it is a little different from like, there's no, there's not very many new Dota pros, you know? Yeah. There's not that many of them. It's like, you and, see like and they're all course per year. Uh, yeah, at least true. initially. <laughs> uh, but but with that being said, with that being said, um, it, things have changed since we saw like the huge influx of Dota pros, though. Like, it's easier to gain MMR with support these days now. Like, sure. warding is free. People are better at playing around it. You have more impact as a support. Gold talents being gone, that kind of sucks. But you know what I'm saying? Like, things have completely like flipped on their heads since yep. all the pros. It's so weird when when like you haven't seen. Um, any new fucking pros forever? Uh, okay, so yeah, a bug says, "What are some good ways to use psychology and communication to bait teammates into pushing high ground effectively?" The other day, I was wraith king with Aegis hitting tower, and then my mid laner dives deep and feeds, resulting in us getting wiped. Not saying I'm perfect, but it's hard to coordinate high ground pushes in 2K. Yes, uh, I would like to make less heavy throw. Maybe it's technically two questions, but I'm wondering the same thing about smoke plays. Seems like 75% chance to throw with smoke plays. Right, Donna, you're the 2K expert. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would say there's a couple things. First of all, chances are you're trying to like push high ground, but what's happening is you're like pinging to go high ground and then your team like telegraphs this play oh look we're all grouping up outside of their high ground and then you mill around there waiting for the creep wave to come in and then finally you go high ground when all five enemy heroes have regrouped in their base at their towers that's not a very successful way to push high ground in any bracket doesn't matter whether it's 2k or 9k like most high ground pushes happen 
successfully because certain conditions have been met, which are the other team's dead. The other team has no team fight cooldowns. You have an Aegis, or you have like a 25k net worth advantage. So if you're not meeting any of those four and you're trying to go high ground, chances are you are probably going to throw by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it sounds like you're going high ground in the mid lane. I would just say yeah. if you're ever going high ground mid, just just don't just don't do that. That's that's impossible. Yeah. Uh, the tier fours are too effective. But yeah, I would say like basically make sure that you're meeting like at least one of those four conditions. And then if that doesn't work, meet two of them, then three, then four. And then if you can't meet all of them, you just farm until the, until you have a 60k gold lead. I mean, yeah. And then regarding the smokes, like, kind of a similar thing. Getting your team to coordinate to go smoke is pretty rough. Um, it can take a while. If you guys are all just off map trying to congregate in a location to go smoke, chances are the other team is probably going to congregate at some point, and then you're just going to smoke into them. Second of all, you want to smoke to a ward most of the time. You don't want to just like smoke and then just ping where you think the enemy team is, most likely their triangle, and then just walk up the triangle with no vision, even from a smoke that's not going to be a good fight. So you, you, you want to smoke, you want to have vision of the other team, and then you want to smoke to the vulnerable part of that. So whether it's like you're smoking to kill one hero who is clearly far away from their team, or you see several of their team under vision and you have the ability to kill them in a team fight but you just need to get there with the with the correct initiation. So like yeah. I agree. It's all about the setup basically for both of those scenarios. I I would say that like most most people don't know how to smoke in like lower bracket. M yeah. Most people below like 6k don't do good smokes. It's 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 literally just like <sighs> smoking to an objective most of the time is just fine. Like you just smoke to where you want to be on the map. Yep. And if somebody's there, they're there and you kill them. But it's just to kind of like set up in an area. Like the problem with smoking in like these two to three K games and even higher is that people smoke and then they like go to the very first person in vision that they see. And right. like that's not what a smoke is for. It's not right. Well, I mean, it can be, but the thing is, it's like that's not an effective use of smoke, I should say. Um, so smoking should be like you just you don't even need to go to vision. You just smoke to somewhere, place vision there, and then wait there. And if nothing happens, well, then you have vision to play around. If something happens, then you kill somebody. But you want the smoke to be – like the thing is if you're smoking specifically to kill somebody and you don't kill them, then it's a failed smoke. But if you're smoking to get vision up and you don't kill someone, it's not a failed smoke. You see what I'm saying? Like it's not going to be 75% chance to throw if your smokes are for the correct purpose, right. which is to do other things, which is we want to set up in this area. We want to get wards around Roche. We want to push the enemy team out of this area and push them into their base. Like you should have goals with these smokes of what you want to accomplish. And it's not just getting a kill on somebody because that makes it right. so that if you don't get the kill, which is just random chance, if the enemy team fucks up, then the smoke is bad. Why do that? when there's good things you can do with smokes that don't involve killing people. Yeah, it's it's the same thing as like the random team fights that we always see when we look at replay reviews. Basically, if if you're going to do anything in Dota, you should have some reasoning behind doing it. And so that's how you stop taking bad team fights is that you actually define what team fight you want to take. That's how you stop throwing when you smoke is you define what the smoke is supposed to accomplish and it's not just Hey, we're smoking to find a kill, like Jenkins said. 
that that's like never a good reason to get a smoke. It's hey, we need to pick off this hero so we can get this objective afterwards. Yeah, that, that's like a hail mary if that's right. if that's your smoke play. But for most people, it's like they smoke, they just run at somebody, kill them, and then proceed to keep playing the game normally. Right. That's that's not that's not it. Uh, Snowy says games are either thirty minute stomps or sixty minute long slogs with not much in between in my bracket. That makes me think that I should draft heroes that have power spikes in early game, but still have some relevance in the late game, and just in case. Yep. I think those heroes just generally are good. Yep, I right agree. Now because there's so much fighting, but uh, you farm heroes to get gold, but the games can still go late sometimes. What support heroes do you think have relevant power spikes at both stages in the game? Long lane dominators such as in dying are susceptible to being useless to late game. Yes, I would agree. I think that's a pretty shitty hero unless your pile I die. Yeah. Um, pick Queen of Pain. Pick Tusk. Pick Earthshaker. Oh, Earthshaker. That's a good one. That's a good one. That is like a 1v5 late game king. Earthshaker is amazing. Yeah. No Tail and Puppy I, I are playing it as a five too. Like it's legit. I play I played Tusk as a five today, and I've I saw SVG picking Clockwork five and Tusk five. Like most fours that are good at roaming and killing stuff are pretty good as fives right now because you just brawl <laughs> like you just brawl. And a lot of times yeah. they're pretty good at like frontlining for, for carries too. I would more like look for supports to avoid. Um, yes. Like undying is one I would avoid. I don't know. Some like shadow demon crystal maiden, unless you're really good at these heroes. Like it's pretty obvious which ones are like the sick late gamers, like the ones with the big team fight things or some like ridiculous scaling. Yeah, I've been playing Shadow Shaman 5 a lot, actually, and it's been really good because, inevitably, the game gets to a point where nobody's shoving lanes, and I'm just like, give me me that gold. (laughs) Give me that dirty lane. Yeah, no, that hero's good. That's a solid hero. That's, like, the best. If if somebody tasked me with getting from, like, a 3K account to 6K, I'd probably spend about 2K MMR of that playing Shadow Shaman. Yeah. Just because I can have control over the game. Even if the hero's shit here yep i would just do it to have control over the game it's like shaman prophet five both of those heroes can do kind of similar stuff yeah yeah definitely uh kawadani says i'll try to keep it short i recently had a game where my carry mid and offline were all safe jungling and you know what vince scepter is the only fucking person on this goddamn channel that's gonna put jenkins likes cock in the thing legitimate i'm just reading through this i'm like kawadani's not gonna do it it's just vince goddamn scepter piece of shit anyway sorry uh playing bot okay i gotta read this again i recently had a game where my carry mid and offline were all safe jungling and playing bot trying to kill the enemy wherever they showed up i meanwhile was farming top a free uh, lane top as position five i kept asking my carry to come top and free farm when i joined pressuring bot after the carry ignored i asked for literally anybody to come take the free farm question is do i continue to take the free farm as a position five, nobody else will take it. Or do I need to go elsewhere? That depends. If you can fight, you go to your team and you fight. If you can't fight, you're the carry. Yep. That's it. That's yeah. all, that. That's really it. It's like, if you can fight in this patch and you're not fighting, you're griefing. But if you can't fight and you show up to fights and there's farm on the map in a lane that can be pushed, you're griefing. Yep. So just think, can, I, can we fight if I show up? If you can, fuck that lane. Nobody needs to go there. Not fine a couple of patches ago. In this patch, it's fine. Uh, but if if you can't fight, then just yeah, pr- pressure push. No point in fighting if you can't. You know. Yeah, I also will say though that if your team is just constantly brawling, and it's like kind of 
meh. Like you're just like trading, you know. A lot of the time, it's better to just go shovel lane because gold is very important right now. Like there's a lot less gold. And so if one person, if there's like four heroes brawling with five heroes and like, you know, the fights, it's just kind of like trading back and forth in the mid lane. And you just have one hero shoving down a lane, hitting their tier twos, getting a ton of extra gold. And there's just like, you know, the bottom wave, let's say, it's just two creep waves killing each other. All the gold's lost. But one hero is getting gold. Very, very, very high impact right now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, I mean, just because there's so much brawling too, having a lane shoved in is effectively going to have higher impact too. Yeah. Because people are like, what the hell? I have to split push? Yep. I don't want to do that. I want to brawl. Sparky23 says, how to survive with greedy drafts? Though you don't right now. Yeah. Those types of games where somebody last picks a greedy mid hero like Medusa or Naga after a greedy safe lane pick like Spec AM. I've been learning uh, playing position one and learning position four lately. And for both roles, it's either space is so hard to take or hard to make during games like this. Yeah, so, I mean, if you have a Medusa or Naga mid, they're the carry straight up. So yep. if you're a Spectre, you go Necro, you go Vanguard, you go to Fusel, you fight. Yep. You fight. Yeah, I had a game today that, no surprise, we lost where our final two picks or our final three picks were Underlord anti-mage and templar assassin after after our two supports were like fight heroes and i legitimately i, I think i was playing like position four void spirit i like first picked it and i was like who you do i maybe who do i fight that, with that's not, <laughs> that's not the worst draft like if ta goes for blink and underlord goes for chances are you fucking idiot underlord probably maxed his aura so I'm just gonna take a wild guess and say that it was he was against a monkey king too. So it was like he got fucked. The TA was against a DOT, was against Death Prophet, and then the anti mage was against like some other hero that owned him. So I basically spent the entire game at their tier threes, just like pulling yeah. waves and stuff like Did that. Did you win? No, we got we got pooped on. I was gonna say my my response to this: if you have some greedy asshole picks, then you just got to make a ton of space. You play on their yeah. side of the map. I've been doing that a lot lately because. It really feels like if you try to run into the enemy team uh, when you can't fight them, there's like nothing to be done. Yeah, there's, and you have zero percent chance to win the game. If there's no that. way to win. There's no way to win. So I just go to their tier threes and pull the entire team there and try to give my team some space until we can't fight. Yep. For some reason, I've just been finding success with that with that lately. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it works a lot of the time. This this game it didn't, but at the end of the game, I had the enemy team flaming me. Like, nice job being at our tier threes. It's like, if you're complaining that I was at your tier threes, then I was doing a good job. You yeah, know? that's true. That's true. So I think Monkeys Forever is a good player, um, even though he calls me by my color in uh, in pubs. Hey, Orange, uh, okay. go here. God, why do people do that, man? It's such a Dota thing. Why is my blue player going over back here? to? Going, <laughs> th 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 that's that's like that's where I, like I definitely agree with you on like the way NA Dota players are is like. For some fucking reason, they do stuff like that. That's some, like, psychopath shit. But everybody does it. So, like, if you don't do it, you're weird. Like, call people you know by their color. There's some weird, like, sociology, like, psychology There's this weird, on. like, weird, like, high MMR click in, in Dota. It's just, like, it's just like being in high school. There's, like, high MMR Dota players, it's, it's like high school in terms it of is, how they treat each an, other. It's, it's an NA thing, though. It's an yeah. NA thing is the weird thing. 
Oh my god, Gray is so shit. Dude, Gray's fucking insane. What is he doing? <laughs> Who is that? Any high that MMR Dota player. True. <laughs> Woo! They do that as well. God, I fucking hate NA Dota. Uh, Party says, uh, I absolutely hate the recent patches as a pause five player. So I started playing in the We Play 1v1 tournaments. But God, I'm bad at mid. In a pure 1v1 with a nuking hero like Lena Puck CM, both players get the same hero. Do you think Null Talismans or Bracers are better? P.S. Do you think Ice Frog is drunk? I think Ice Frog is dead. I think Ice Frog is dead, and they don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, and they're just trying to, they're trying to keep this game up for as long as possible, and just suck on those teats um, for as long as possible. Man, I'm terrible at one v ones. I legitimately lose to like, I'll, I'll like one v one people in coaching and lose to them, like Archon, ancient players and shit. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm garbage. I I I hate the idea. I can't get, I can't wrap my head around one v ones. I can't find them like useful at all. I just I hate them. I, I think they're so in a vacuum and useless. So I, I like despise them. And as a result, like I just never think about them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like 1v1s are basically all about like having, getting an advantage through taking a good trade here or there and then just like having more region than them all the time at that point. And then slowly like building a stat advantage with, you know, like, these little stats that's what i remember from watching like the sf 1v1 tournaments and stuff like that is basically just like if you take a good trade then you like you have an extra salve the other person doesn't have salve they have to wait for their salve to get there and then you get like three or four extra creeps because they can't be near the wave and then you have a wraith band when they don't and then you can out deny them and then you have another salve it's so dumb though because it's like if the way sf is played in pubs now is like the safest motherfucking thing ever you start with like seven mangoes and raise the wave to get level two. Like there's no me- I hate this mechanical skill. There's no mechanical skill at all involved in this shit. Everybody plays the safest way to get through each wave. Yeah. Nobody puts them out of position themselves out of position to take bad trades. You just sit somewhere where it's, if you want to walk up my high ground, and try to raise me, I'm going to kill you for that. Right. It's like I've played these one V ones and I, it's just goes seven minutes. We're both sending out, wraith bands and salves and mangoes and i just get bored yeah i just get fucking bored of it because everybody's so good now at at like laning mechanics and stuff that we all know how to do the mango thing and how to constantly send out salves with our personal couriers and shit like that right oh it's just god i hate 1v1s uh sparky 23 says opinions on sniper position four Okay, I guess I'll, an- I'll answer party's questions. Don't play 1v1s. There you go. Uh, Sparky23 says, um, sniper po- opinions on sniper position 4. I've been seeing it a lot lately, and it looks like it works, but information gets my bracket a bit later. So my, ten- my team tends to tilt as soon as they see the pick. Also, are Alk and Gyro in a good spot now for the safe lane? Uh, yes, Gyro's really good. I think Alk is decent. He's a little slow. People fight a lot. Gyro's god tier, though. I think Gyro's amazing. If you're going, If you're playing Alk, you need to be going like the... The phase radiance blink dagger BKB build, like, oh, like just just fighting, not uh, manta style sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think you need to like play for the early timing, kind of going back to like the AC second item alc where you go radiance AC. Yeah, and just just bop people once you get that. Yeah, I mean that's also uh, potentially pretty good, but basically you just go you go radiance and BKB like imme- you immediately though. into fighting. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I do agree. The blink is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sniper Position 4, I think it's great. I mean, I made a video about it a long time ago, and yeah, it was kind of a meme, and I was having fun with it, but it, uh, the new it legitimately... The is really good. It feels good. I mean, it, it felt pretty good before. Like, it, it's... Uh, Shrapnel's just really good. That's the thing. Shrapnel, <clears throat> 25% cooldown reduction talent. 20 uh, long now, range, after the, nuking. After the patch. True, true. Maybe it's worse. <laughs> Maybe it's worse, but, you know... Still pretty, still pretty solid. Uh, Necrobook changes also made Sniper Pause for a lot better. Any hero that had cooldown reduction when the Necro got changed and buffed uh, became a lot, a lot better. So yeah, if your teammates yeah, are complaining about your pick, just mute them and play the game. Like that's all you can do. Yep, yep. Fuck them. Fuck them. Honestly. Okay, Rage Vokton says I'm considering broadening my offlane pool to incorporate. He, by the way, he told me how to spell, how to pronounce his name. I didn't pronounce that on my own accord um anyway uh he's broadening his offlane pool to incorporate different archetypes of heroes i have solid win rates with centaur and underlord but would like to bring a third hero into the pool of heroes i can spam girls in the meta i typically pick scent if my team needs a stunning initiator and underlord if i could play a bit more greedily i'm perfectly con- content to continue spamming both of these heroes to climb mmr come next season i may need a bit more versatility my hero pool to hit immortal i'm curious if it's worth incorporating a third type of offlaner that fits in that uh Initiator slash tank slash uh, split pusher role or that doesn't fit into the same category. Something like Weaver or Necro. I would recommend Nature's Prophet. I would say Nature's is insane. Like Nature's is really good because a lot of the heroes that own the Centaurs and the Underlords get fucking annihilated by Nature's Prophet. Like Nakes, Slark, Ursa, Jug. If I'm Nature's and you're one of those heroes against me, I just smack you with Treants and hit you. And you never run it. You never are able to hit me. Yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's amazing play, and, and then that hero can be still be like a tanky frontlining offlaner. Uh, you can, if you build auras, you can also build into Orchid and be like a carry. It's a split pushing hero. It's awesome. You should play that hero. I really recommend it. This this hero is always good. Dude, I played. Um, it was I was playing position four Quap, and then I had a Nature's in my lane, and we were against an Ursa plus one, and the Ursa was like, "Oh man, I you know I'm dominating my lane," and we fucking destroyed Dude, him yeah that's not, that is not a possible matchup it was so fun <laughs> i don't even i don't even know what you do on on ursa against those heroes because like he's a dog shit jungler yeah i don't know yeah that sounds awful yeah natris is amazing really good uh it's backhand says is it a good idea to listen to multiple different people uh i.e dota alchemy purge and speed when trying to get better i feel like sometimes the advice can differ thus making it confusing when trying to learn different parts of the game, uh, not saying one is better than the other. Uh, Well, I mean, obviously, I think any rational individual will tell you that you shouldn't just listen to us. Uh, We're going to be wrong about shit. I feel like I'm not because I believe the things that I believe, but I also, you know, perceive other people being wrong when I thought that they were right, et cetera. And I've been wrong before, so I know that I'm a fucking idiot and that I say wrong things. And uh, you should make your own decision. And sometimes, like, I, I I really do believe in this idea of, like, the truth is more, like, what is your truth? Yes, exactly. You know? I like, was going to say, this... you, need to, you need to take the information and then apply it to yourself. Like, if, if Speed tells you that Jungle Venno is good, and then you go Jungle Venno and you win 20 straight games of Jungle Venno, maybe it's good for you. You know? Yeah, sure. Like I'm, I'm just gonna. This is gonna get real philosophical here, but you know, you have this 
there's this outside world and really all we know about it is our perception of it. You know, what we see, what we hear, what we taste, like our senses. And, you know, there's that, that, that age old question of like, do I even see the same colors that you do? Maybe we see different colors. Maybe we see different objects, but you just have all the same language that describes the equivalent stuff in your world. Like maybe this desk that I'm on is rectangular, but to you, it's actually circular, but in your but world, you I describe it, that as rectangular. Yeah. I've, oh my right? God. This so, is such a like high conversation that I've had many yeah, times so, before. <laughs> so, so I'm just saying, I'm just saying you don't, you, you can't take anybody else. All you can know is what you know. All you can know is your senses. And that's the only thing you can trust because anything else is just subject to basically being filtered through somebody else's dumb senses and brain and, and anyway just the truth is your truth man none of this shit matters it's all we're all just fucking specks of dust in the universe i would just believe whatever whatever makes your life better and happier and more productive nothing else really matters everybody always thinks i'm high <laughs> I, I don't know man maybe i am maybe i'm not i don't know anyway we're uh, all stardust we are we're true just, that there's there's some interesting like philosophers that talked about this shit. I'm so glad I did a philosophy minor, man. This shit's like breaks breaks your brain. It's Bro, cool. you want to start uh, a philosophy channel? Because this is like I mean, this is my shit, man. I mean, I'd be down. I, I love I love love me some philosophy, man. Everybody tells me to shut the fuck up, and all my family doesn't like when I talk <laughs> about this shit. <laughs> They're like, dude, I don't want to think about this. I just need to go to the grocery store and like get some milk. Okay, man. Uh, you young gun, young gun says second to sniper four question. Yes, it's good. Uh, stars, we're gonna get banned from YouTube if uh, I answer this question, so I'm not answering that one. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I'll answer this one though. What is the most creative way that um, you've been flamed in a pub? <sighs> creative way. I gotta say, there's not a whole lot of creativity that goes on in the insults that I see in Dota. Not a, not a whole lot. The people that have insulted me, I I haven't. They haven't been very creative with it because I would like to think the people that are smart enough to come up with the creative insults, I have no reason to be insulted by them because I don't. I don't like get in. I don't fight with people. I don't. I don't like flame or do anything. I can be like bitchy, you know, um, or I can pick like pudge and grief. But usually, the people there's very few people that come up with the create. I'm thinking of like Mers Glacius, like that guy. Whew, I mean, he says some racist shit. He says some bad shit, but he is creative. He is funny with it with some of his some of his insults, but. He's never, you know, people like that have never insulted, insulted me because it's just awkward when you like, when you know somebody and I feel like I know all the people that would make like the creative insults in, in NA and it would just be really fucking awkward. Uh, Universe called me a bot the other day. He was playing and he, he said four bots. That's, that's one. And it's like, it was bullshit, man, because listen, I was, I was an offling clockwork and I was like seven and three. It was fine. It was going fine for me. And I had Michael Udall look him up. 
he's a Han pro or a Heroes of the Storm pro coming into Dota. And so when he's not playing his role, he has no fucking idea what he's doing. He ran in and fed like three or four times as Rubik, totally unnecessarily. And so it ruined the lane. And even despite that, the lane was, I was, I was doing okay in the game, but it looked bad because the guy that was farming against us was huge. And then Universe said, four bots. And I was just like, dude, don't include me in this. Like, if you mean because I'm clockwork and he's a robot, that's fine. But I know that's not what you mean. Anyway, that that was that that was deep. That cut deep for me because Universe is, you know, I probably watched like 90% of the replays I've watched are Universe replays. You know, the guy's a fucking legend. You know, I'm not, I'm not like, uh, you know, no homo or anything, but I would definitely suck his dick. Uh, anyway. I would say maybe like the most creative, and this isn't even that creative because it's kind of low-hanging fruit, would be like if I lose a game to somebody, they're like, I'm unsubscribing from your YouTube channel, you know? Oh, I have Something had people, like <laughs> I have had people say like, yeah, if you, if you, uh, if I win or if we win, I'll subscribe to your channel yeah. or I learned this on Dota Alchemy. I do get that a lot, Yeah, which that's always, that's always pretty funny when they, when they bring up like, I'm going to, I had a guy play techies the other day. He's like, if we win this, you put techies from shit tier to D tier. <laughs> I was like, dude, we'll see. We'll see, buddy. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember that one. Uh, okay. Uh, Indy says, I've been experimenting with Brewmaster since 7.26a. I'm four and six with it. Uh, four, I assume you mean four out of six, as in like you've won four out of six of your matches. You guys think it's viable? Uh, or is it just because it's my most played hero? Uh, yeah, it's viable. It is 100% viable. I think Brewmaster is a great hero. It's fine. Cool. <laughs> Uh, Sparky23 says... No opinion, don't play the hero. That's all. (laughs) It's good, it's good. You can play a 5. It's probably a decent 5. But Sparky23 says, would you rather play a 50-50 matchup with a hero you understand or an 80-20 in your favor, but you don't use the hero much uh, and only have a general idea of the matchup? I have a tendency to... I agree. I have a tendency to favor counterpicking over comfort pits, I'll admit. Uh, Comfort picks, not comfort pits. Uh, those are something though. The matchups don't feel like how it should be. I lose a lot of counterpick games. Yeah, there, I would say comfort. Go. <laughs> I would you, say comfort. You answered your own question. This is a huge debate. Is you, You're like, what's good? Okay, I saw that OG picked this against this hero, so it must be good. And you pick it, and you're like, this is my second game on this hero. And you're like, yeah. what, what items am I supposed to buy? <laughs> Unless you know exactly how to play in that matchup, I would say don't do it. Yeah. Like if you watched and you're sure that you can implement it, then yeah, go for it. But uh, for the most part, it, it can be a huge throw. Definitely. So be careful, buddy. Okay. That's it. That's all the questions for this week. Another two hour sesh. It was a good one. It was a good got a bit one. Heated, got a bit baited uh, by Vinceptor. All good, good things. Five. 518. Jesus Christ. Would you believe it? A month ago. Did 500 concurrent viewers for the last hour, almost. We got to get them sponsors, dude. I need a new chair. I need a new headset. Crazy. Look at this thing. Crazy, man. We're legitimately like the size of See that? a full-time. <laughs> dude, all right. Anybody who knows anybody in a peripheral company, please send Jenkins a headset. He'll He'll wear it on stream. <laughs> that'll be your I, I will i will 100 i will this, wear this it dude's literally time. using like 
raw wires and like threading them into his ear hole and like tying them onto his ear hairs inside there just so he can hear you can't hear it i hear really quietly you can't hear it in the little wires (laughs) there's like a tiny little speaker in here it's not okay man not okay it's not good it's not good (laughs) dude i'll buy you one holy hell promote a canadian pc company now that's actually a pretty good idea I think Canadian like Canadian companies really do like sponsoring like Canadian people. Sure. It's like this this we got this like uh what's it called um uh patriotic, you know? It's uh, you wouldn't understand it being American, but No. Yeah, it's pretty Definitely pretty good. Not. All right guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. We'll see you on Thursday hopefully for replay review. We're going to try and hit 600 concurrent viewers for that one. So tell your friends and uh as always, good luck in your games. Have a great night, evening, morning, whatever it is. Maybe maybe you live somewhere that doesn't... Maybe you live on an alien planet that doesn't rotate, and so you just have the same time of day all the time. Or you could live at like the North Pole, and it might be... I don't know if it's night or day there, but I think it stays the same thing for, for months. Yeah, that too. All right, guys. See you later.